And we are live with another episode of Fire Builders. I am here today with Jared Kleiner. Jared, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You're welcome, man. It's great for you to be here. I, uh, if you're not familiar with how Fire Builders works, basically we bring on experts. We take big problems. We break them down into simple solutions and stuff that you can implement just about every day. And, uh, and we're on streaming live at noon every day from Monday through wow. Saturday. So tune in today, Jared. Okay. I'll, this is, this is awesome. It really is awesome to have you here, Jared. Jared joins us. He was named USA Today's most connected millennial, which is a friggin' feat in itself. That's friggin' awesome. Uh, the, a sought after TED speaker. He's a two time award winning author. He's been featured in Forbes and Fast Company, TechCrunch, Huffington Post. I mean, honestly, man, you don't, you don't get to those types of conversations in those places by, by being, you know, introverted and shy and, and uh, you got to get out there, put yourself out there. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So again, welcome to Fire Builders Live, man. Thank you. I will say I was a shy kid growing up. So uh, I did have to learn these skills. And uh, I also don't think it takes a long time to build a world-class network. Uh, you know, I'm 24 at time of recording or today. Uh, so you know, when I started my first business at 15, you know, to 24, that's 10 years. And most of my network that I talk to today or look up to is really in the last six years. I don't think this takes forever. Uh, and it's a skill that you can learn. Yeah. And and I feel like in order to learn it, um, the best way, you just kind of have to practice. Like you have to put yourself out there. You have to reach out to people. Um, and, uh, and so that's really cool, though, that you said that, because I feel like a lot of people maybe now, if they're younger than 24 or they're a little past 24, maybe they are feeling a little bit shy. And I hope that this helps them break out of that a little bit, you know, because you're a perfect example. You lived it. Sure. So, so with regards to, you know, holding better conversations, more engaged conversations with people, particularly of people of importance that are decision makers and, and influence in, in stuff, uh, what have you found? that the, the one thing that people should do to, to, to hold better conversations actually is? Yeah, if I'm, if I'm limited to one thing, it's probably asking better questions. Uh, and so I absolutely hate the question, what do you do? Uh, and actually, I, I have a private email newsletter. My, my second uh, email and like a welcome email uh, sequence, that's like a three email thing. Uh, the subject is what do you do? But then it goes on to say, I absolutely hate that. Um, I've hosted events and I've threatened to throw people out of my events if they want that question. Because it's limiting and it's only talking about what we do professionally typically or how we make money. Uh, but there's so much more to building deep, meaningful relationships with other people who may happen to be your ideal client or may happen to be the perfect hire or partner for you. So uh, other questions you could ask could be related to uh, things that they're passionate about personally, uh, new projects that they're working on, uh, the most exciting thing or biggest win that happened in the last week or two, uh, really anything that sparks an open-ended conversation. Uh, because when you start a, a Zoom chat uh, or a real-life conversation when we're able to do that again, uh, you want to get the other person talking. Uh, from, from a tactical standpoint, you want them to give you information and allow you to understand who they are and maybe how you can offer them value uh, but also it's, it, you, you know yourself. So it's far more interesting to learn about someone else. And uh, the only way that you're going to learn about them is asking 
all sorts of open-ended questions. And if they're short on their answer, say, tell me more, uh, or you know, find something that they just said that was interesting and ask another open-ended question. Uh, so if I can do one thing, it's asking better questions. And I, and I love that. And you're right, like, uh, um, because most people just default to, hey, what do you do, right? But, uh, but you're so, you're so kind of tired of answering that. And, and, uh, and it really- Here's what I say when, when someone asks me, what do you do? I always say I walk, I breathe, I eat, I occasionally sleep, but not too much. And uh, if they respond and sort of like chuckle or like play along with me, I kind of know they're a cool person or can take a joke. Sometimes they just shut down. Or if you're at a business conference, they may move on to the next person. Like get offended. of Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I do it kind of to mess with people, but uh, also I get to see if someone – uh, is just trying to talk to me from a strictly business transactional standpoint, or if they're actually uh, playful in their personality and maybe interested in learning who I am, uh, including work, but not limited to work. You know, and actually that's a good point because not only do you do that to people just to kind of like test the waters with them and see, you know, what their ulterior motives are, if they exist. But I would imagine that other people might have done that to you in the past, you know, and given you yeah. some kind of like, you know, real terse or, or sarcastic answer just to see whether or not you were cool or whether or not like, you know, you, you were c- completely derailed from your goal of getting them to do X, Y, Z. Sure. And, uh, and so that's helpful. I, I think that's helpful to keep in mind as you're, as people are listening and they try to have these conversations with folks that might happen. And so just roll with it, you know? So yeah. when you, when you ask uh, when you ask better questions, right, and you're sort of involving people more in the conversation, do you find that uh, that you got to maybe ask two or three, and then the floodgates open, and then they they just they open up to you, and they start talking more and more about themselves, get a little bit more comfortable? Yeah, at the end of the day, I'm trying to understand how I can offer value to someone, and so there's all different places in someone's life you can offer value, and I want to learn where they need help or what's exciting them right now. Um, so I may ask questions like, you know, what are you working towards? Uh, and they may tell me that they have a book launch or that they're working on growing a company like Fire Builders or that they have a, a weekly interview series. Um, I may ask them, like, what's keeping you up at night? And then they may share some problems. I may say, you know, what's something fun you're working on during quarantine? Uh, outside of work, and they may tell me about a hobby. And if I can uh, celebrate their hobby with them, that's fun. If I can point them uh, in the direction of a friend who is an expert at that craft, uh, then that may be valuable too. And it may be totally unrelated to their line of work, but it might be valuable to them as a person or to their family, and therefore allows us to to build that deep, meaningful relationship. So uh, super tactically, like I'm just learning how I can offer value to people. Um, by having conversations and, and asking all these open-ended questions, you're also building uh, trust and intimacy because most people like to talk. Uh, so if you're asking really good questions and then you're only speaking 20 or 30% of the time, you're learning from the other person about how you can offer value to them. Uh, they're sharing things that they're excited about and they're going to lead that conversation saying, hey, you know, Joshua was a really interesting person. <laughs> Meanwhile, like they did all the talking. Yeah. Uh, because they felt good, I guess, you know, you like, they left that conversation. Yeah. And they felt and pretty good. conversation you could follow up and uh, make introductions on their behalf or send them relevant articles or check in with them, you know, and see how their book launch went or how their company launch went. Uh, so 
at the end of the day, you know, I'm just trying to build uh, a deep, meaningful connection uh, and do that as quickly as possible uh, so that we can jump into you know, other parts of that relationship, like how we can help each other or support each other, celebrate each other, et cetera. Have there, so as you're talking, you know, I'm sure that as you've sort of honed this skill for yourself and practiced speaking with people and having these um, conversations where you're trying to have that deep, meaningful connection that uh, you might have crashed and burned a couple of times or maybe had some, uh, some, some embarrassing. Can you, can you think of like one time, like, have you ever had like an embarrassing conversation where things just didn't go right and you had to just bail? Uh, I mean, it happens less like in, conversations, but I, I definitely, you know, duck up all the time. I don't, I don't know what, uh, if it's 13 or rated R, but no, no, good. Anything's anything. anything goes. This is HBO. Up. Um, maybe you'll put like a, a duck in my mouth, like <laughs> editing. Uh, I know it's, I know we're live, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I sometimes, you know, have technology issues and I'm late to a call, uh, and that's not good. You want to be respectful of other people's time. Uh, you know, shit happens and, and you might have another call coming in. Uh, you might be distracted and maybe didn't do proper um, preparation for the call. And so you're asking really silly questions or you could have found this information online. Um, maybe you promised something and then a week goes by and you haven't sent that. Uh, per, you know, I've had even, I know your, your, uh, your audience will appreciate this in particular, but I've had you know, thought leaders that I've partnered with on joint venture launches uh, and then the launch has gone incredibly awfully. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think those moments in time are actually great ways to build trust and intimacy. Because um, the only other option is just to leave it as a, a really bad relationship uh, and, and really sour moving forward. But, you know, imagine if you were having a fight with your significant other. Uh, either you can, you know, let that fight happen and then never talk about it again. You can... Uh, have that fight and then have the same fight you know, over and over and over again until you break up. Or you can use that negative situation to address the issue uh, and, and apologize and make up for it uh, and possibly even build a relationship. You know, so I've uh, taken like that joint venture launch with a, a best-selling author and someone who has, you know, 50,000 people on her email list. Um, you know, I totally messed up the launch and didn't do proper preparation or, understand my my target market so if she didn't really make any money and was it you you know leveraging her uh audience to support me uh and so i had to find you know creative ways to apologize and to make it up to her uh and whether that was through you know calling and giving a heartfelt apology and then taking actual steps to improve the relationship uh from promoting her work to um sort of explaining uh, when I used to have a Forbes column, like how I messed up uh, publicly uh, and sort of build a relationship with both my audience and this individual uh, to explain like what went wrong and how I will prevent it from happening again. Um, yeah. I think that's really important too. Like we're not perfect. And so if, and when you do mess up uh, whether it's a live conversation uh, or you know, you're promising someone something and you don't do it, uh, then how you respond and make up for that uh, could be a great way to actually build a relationship long-term uh, just like it would be in your personal life. Uh, or if your team had a, a tense debate uh, and you were able to sort of get through that and you come out of it stronger on the other end. 
totally. Like uh, that, you know, you're closer through sort of a mutual suffering almost, you know, like, you know, some or some experience that brings you a little bit closer together and kind of shows that you're just human, you know, yeah. and you're, you're not afraid. Of- thing, I fucked up, you know, and, and more yeah. thing, like, this is where I'm going to do to prevent it from happening again. So um, as you were talking, a question came in. This is my buddy, Niall, and, uh, and he Niall. worked on movie sets. And check, and check out his question. Let me know what you think, right? So, you know, every day I had to work, interact with actors. And uh, the more famous they are, struggle to interact. Um, but it's something that he's encouraged to do. What would you say? I'm sure you've interacted with people like that. You know, yeah, what, what's I, Niall, my, uh, my fiance is a, a film producer, so she's hiring all the pretty people to be in her movies. Uh, and then I'm occasionally on set and, and hanging out with some of these people. Um, yeah, I, I would just treat them like humans. Uh, you know, and, and the, last, it, the last thing you want to do with a famous person uh, is be weird. Uh, so you know, just go, go up to them and say, hi, I'm Jared, or hi, I'm Niall. Uh, and then, you know, ask a question like, uh, you know, so tell me how you found out about this movie or, uh, or what, it, you know, tell me how you first learned about the script. Um, I think that's a good question. And, and maybe these examples are good for any interaction, even if you're on a, a Zoom call where someone's curated the people in the, in the chat or when you're at an event, you say, hey, how do you know the event organizer or um, how did you learn about this event? Uh, you can immediately point to something that's sort of a mutual point of interest or a mutual connection and let that uh, trust and intimacy transfer from uh, the producer to the actor or producer and the actor to maybe you uh, or the project and the actor to you and the project. Uh, so that's a great place to start is where there's mutual uh, trust and sort of social proof. Uh, and then, you know, let them answer and then find something in their answer that you can piggyback on. Um, you know, they may say that uh, they live in Los Angeles and uh, they were going out for a hike one day and, you know, then their producer called, you know, or their agent called them with this script. And you'd be like, Oh, like, where do you hike? Uh, and then they'll tell you where they hike. And you'll be like, if you're, if you like hiking, then you could talk about that. If you don't like hiking, you could take interest in that and be like, why do you like hiking? You know, I'm not a big hiker myself. I like running. So uh, you can always find uh, ways to be interest, interested in people. Uh, and I was interviewed by Larry King actually last year. Uh, and he's, that, that was his MO is like, he's just always finding ways to be interested by other people. Uh, and it's just asking all these open-ended questions, sitting back, learning something, even if it's not your area of interest or you don't agree with someone's perspective, you can always be uh, curious to learn uh, what they think or you know, what they're doing or what they care about. Uh, and then if there is something that you find uh, is mutual, just respond and build a relationship from there. Yeah, no. And I, and I love that uh, the, especially the Larry King. Cause I, I, I think I read a book from him a long time ago where he said that same thing. Like his, his goal was just to find all of these different ways to, to bring people out of their yeah. shells, right? We also can't interview like 10,000 people without yeah. being interested in something that they're all saying. Exactly. Having a replicable way to generate interest. And, and what I think uh, also, I would imagine, Niall, if you're still watching, uh, um, maybe one of the things that you encounter too is that, is that you're trying to be friendly, but they're just being maybe a little standoffish or something like that. Um, and I would imagine that those kinds of interactions that you're talking about, Jared, they do require like a certain level of patience where you just, you do have to be patient. And if they're not, if they're, you know, you're kind of fishing and if they don't bite, then 
tried a different way and then tried a different way instead of um instead of being like oh this person's like kind of acting like a dick i'm not gonna not gonna talk to them yeah um, two more, i'll give you two more super quick tips so one would be uh you could sort of practice conversational jujitsu um and you could do this with anyone that's really negative or, or being terse uh so with your questions, ask them things where the answers or the thoughts behind the answer will generate a positive thought and response. Uh, so if you're in an argument with your significant other, don't ask her uh, about, you know, like bad things that are going on. Like ask her about, you know, looking forward to Mother's Day. And like, are you excited to see your mom? And what are you getting her for Mother's Day? Um, and you can sort of uh, move the conversation to something more positive. And you can do this with, you know, an actor on set. Um, and you can also uh, do your research ahead of time and understand what that person's interests are and or what that person may find valuable and then insert ways to uh, bring those topics up. You know, if I'm just at a normal conversation or if I'm at a conference and then, you know, blah, 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 and then someone brings up basketball, like I'm going to light up because I'm really passionate about basketball. Uh, or if they talk about Bitcoin or the UFC, like, you know, I'll just light up. Uh, so that could be another way to steer the conversation uh, to a place where they're going to be more responsive. Yep, that makes sense. And so I, uh, I know Niall. Niall's a cool dude. Uh, and so I hope you got, I hope you got a couple of tips. I hope that was okay, Niall. Um, and uh, and so just to recap, if you're joining us now, you know the one thing that people can do to improve their conversational skills is to simply, you know, honestly, just just converse, you know, start asking better questions, start having them, you know, if you have to put numbers to it, try and get them to talk like 70% of the time where you only talk 30% of the time. So let them tell their story, let them open up to you a little bit and play off of that, feed off of it a little bit. Uh, as far as the follow-up question, um, you know, the follow-up question to that is what, you know, the simplest way to start actually practicing that type of thing Um I know what I would say, but I'm curious. I mean, what would you say as far as somebody that's just now kind of trying to start this and wants to practice on a daily basis? Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction here. But uh, yesterday on LinkedIn, I posted about the snowball effect. Uh, and I think that could be a really powerful way to network, uh, especially now while we can't have uh, in-person interactions. Um, when I, I sent a cold email when I was 16 to someone I read about in Forbes, who was called the most connected man you don't know in Silicon Valley. And that single connection to this super connector or someone who's you know, really well regarded in their field, uh, who is well respected by other people um, and is also just really knowledgeable. That one connection could then snowball a whole new uh, set of connections in a given industry or uh, country, things like that, or, or market uh, and so that single connection happened through a cold email. Uh, and so I would invite you to join the cold email club and you know, take uh, a, a masterful cold email uh, where you're sending it to that super connector who could start the snowball down the hill. Um, do your research ahead of time of, of what that person has coming up where you might be able to be uh, helpful and valuable. Uh, do a, a quick subject line that's uh, like an open-ended question or thought-provoking. Like one of my favorite subject lines is quick question, dot, dot, dot. Or, you know, hey, Joshua, um, have you thought about this? Um, and then you could, you know, reach out, uh, find a quick way to offer value or, you know, find a way to offer value, um, give any social proof that you have. And so, hey, Joshua, I want to help you with the launch of your new company, Fire Builders. That would be like sentence number one. 
sentence number two would be like, my name is Sherrod Kleiner and I'm the founder of Meeting of the Minds, a TED speaker, award-winning author. You know, just leverage all the social proof you have. Um, and then third is a, a call to action. So I love to connect for a quick 15, 20 minute call uh, to better learn how I might be able to help you. Um, I have a few ideas, namely X, Y, and Z, but uh, let me know what else you think. Uh, and then, you know, how's Thursday at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern? Uh, so you can do a quick, short email, like do all the research in advance before reaching out. Uh, that way, when you're on the call, you can use the conversational jujitsu and these open-ended questions to learn about that other person, work to offer them value and follow up. And then that single connection uh, could snowball all sorts of other connections when that person introduces you to their friends uh, to, or to other people that could be helpful to you. Uh, and then, you know, six years later, you might <laughs> wake up and be uh, one of the most connected people in your field. Uh, so uh, yeah. you can go to LinkedIn and, and read the rest of the, the post. It's short. Um, or you can reach out to me anytime and I'd be happy to, you know, talk with you further about uh, exact cold email templates that I use uh, or, or how this works uh, you know, further on down the, the mountain when you're pushing the snowball, uh, I'm, I'm an open book. So feel free to reach out. Well, perfect. In fact, that segues right into uh, the last question. So the best way to connect with you now, there's a web address in the description of this video, but um, yeah, tell the people that are watching at home uh, what you got going on now a little bit in your life. Yeah, uh, I just launched a new landing page for my private email newsletter. So you can go to motm.co slash newsletter. Uh, this has been a private email newsletter I've kept for the last 18 months and I've never had an opt-in page. I'm not going to lure you in with an ebook, but you can join and get you know, a weekly email or so uh, of just my latest thoughts on marketing, sales, business development, networking, entrepreneurship, et cetera. Um, and I try and provide a lot of value there. Uh, you can also email me, jaredkleinert at gmail.com. Um, would love to chat with you. Um, I'm on Facebook all the time. Uh, LinkedIn, uh, you can search my name and you'll find me there. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty accessible. So would love to hear from you, especially if you took the time to check out this interview and you're friends with Joshua. And then you, know, you could ask me, like, how do you know Josh? And we could start a conversation from there. Seriously, practice what you preach, you know? And then uh, that's that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I know that the people watching got a ton out of this. I want to be respectful with your time because I know you got to bail. Um, but thanks for taking the time to explain some of those concepts. You know, I, I, I got a lot out of it too. And I like the conversational jujitsu. I think that's a great idea. Um, yeah. so thanks again, man. You got it. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, we will see you guys next time. Adios from Firebuilders Live. Adios. We'll see you.